Hi, welcome to C. Myers Live. My name is Sally Myers. I'm a principal at C. Myers Corporation. Hi, and my name is Brian McHenry, and I'm also a principal at C. Myers Corporation. And we're here today to talk to you about some of the thought-provoking discussions we've been having with our clients over the last couple of weeks. And there are many of them. One of the things we want to hone in on is the discussion with respect to the catalyst for change and what change might look like as we move forward. For a number of the CEOs and leadership teams we're talking to, they're saying that they think we're going to be in this environment for an extended period of time. And what they mean by being in this environment is the social distancing will be a way of life or the it's better to say, I think physical distancing will be a way of life and the implications on that for the membership and serving the membership and most importantly, the acquisition of quality new membership, as well as the ability to cross sell in this type of environment. The other thing on that on the physical distancing is the implications for the team staying connected and talent, talent acquisition and talent development. So those are a couple of things from how things are going to stay the same for the foreseeable future. Brian, what else are you hearing? Yeah, as part of uh, this environment and what may not change for a while is the interest rate environment and being in a really low interest rate environment, you know, short-term rates at zero, long-term rates lower than they were back in the previous financial crisis, closer to 1%. So a lot of places talking, what if we're an extended 0% rate environment? How does that impact our business model? And then as part of this, what's the mindset and behaviors? Sally, you touched on how do we acquire talent? How do we acquire members? How will this change our interactions? And the mindset and behaviors here are really important. And we talked about this more in a previous C. Myers Live, so we won't spend a lot of time here, but there are some things that are important. And that is we did survey about 2,900 people from credit unions across the country and all different age ranges, different positions in the organization and different backgrounds to ask them how their behaviors and mindset might change and be different 12 months from today compared to pre-COVID levels. One of the things that came out of that is that many of the people, 60% of the respondents had an increased personal savings rate and about 38% of the respondents had a decreased willingness to borrow for major events like getting a car and a house. So you take those things in combination and with the 0% rate environment and you can start to see there's a lot of margin pressure. So increased personal savings rate means more funding, more deposits, more liquidity. And at the same time, you have this significant group that's saying they don't think they're going to borrow as much, which means what do you do with that liquidity to try and help your bottom line earnings and that margin? Now, having said that, as they're talking about this, keep in mind that that was 38% of the respondents said they had a decreased willingness to borrow. There's still opportunity because there were 62% of the respondents said they either had no change or an increased willingness to borrow. So how do you take advantage of those opportunities? Now, again, this is part of that. What does this environment look like, especially if it keeps going forward here into the future? Yeah, yeah. And so as we're having those discussions, there's so many things at play. 
And one of the things we like to bring to the table is a discussion with respect to ranking what's really important. So you talked about the margin pressure, puts pressure on earnings, the pressure on earnings combined with deposit growth. There's a a lot of uh, pressure on net worth as well. But then there's also, what do we do with our business model And how do we optimize our business model if we think that these types of things are going to continue for the foreseeable future? And so as we're having those discussions, there's just a range of discussions and we're gonna hit the two ends of the spectrum today. Of course, there's a lot of in between. And the first end of the spectrum is the people that are like, oh man, I just need to hunker down right now. And so, Brian, why don't you tell stories or what you're seeing in that regard with respect to, I need to hunker down or we need to hunker down. Yeah, so on the hunker down mentality, you could also describe this as like the hunker down reaction. And in this approach and this mentality, it's really a focus on the earnings pressure side of things and the desire to address that through focusing in on the expenses and really cutting a lot of expenses. And when we talk about this, the hunker down mentality, it can be helpful to think of it from an analogy perspective. And so we like to describe it as it's like a tortoise that's crossing a busy road. As it's crossing the road, there's all these cars going by. And the cars are the pandemic, the economic crisis, the earnings pressure, the liquidity, deposit growth, all all these things that are putting pressure on the organization. Even think of How will members do business with us going forward if we do have to be more physically distant going into the future? That's also one of those cars. And so as the tortoise is crossing the road, it's natural reaction. What it knows is to maintain safety, it's going to pull into its shell because that's where it's safe. The challenge with that is it's hunkering down in the middle of the road. So it's actually in a worse off position than if it kept moving because it can still be hit by one of those cars, by one of those pressures that's being felt. On top of this, when the tortoise hunkers down, its vision is also limited. And so you connect that back to organizations. If all the focus is going into how do we cut expenses in order to really focus in on that earnings pressure right now and today, then it's limiting the view of the environment around you. And it's limiting the possibilities and the opportunities that may be there for you to continue moving your business forward, even when there's a lot of danger and risk out there right now as a result of what's going on. Going back to our analogy, the turtle's pulled into its shell, it can't see. It can't see that if it keeps crossing the road and keeps its head up, that there's actually greenery in places where it can move forward and continue to thrive and grow, even while there's still danger present, but it hasn't stopped in the middle of the road and hunkered down in a spot where it may actually be worse off. And you talked about getting hit by one of the cars, but the reality is, is it could get hit by multiple cars Mm -hmm. and the first hit could injure it severely. And then it's not an opportunity to recover from the rest of the hits. And Mm -hmm. in our conversations, when we're talking with CEOs, they're like, I am not ready to go out of business. So as we're working through the hunker down thought, which is a natural, like Brian, you were saying, it's a natural reaction. And in some cases it worked in the past. It depends on how you define hunker down because in the great recession, a number of businesses decided to not invest in the future. 
and they're still here today and they're providing great services, but the world was very different back then than it is today. And flat out, we're in a digital environment. And so to not make some of those necessary investments to serve the membership, acquire new members, cross-sell in a digital and mobile environment could be very, very detrimental to the thriveability and even the survivability of an organization. And Sally, what I would add here too, to build on that is there's fuzziness around continuing to move your business model forward. Like sometimes it's just not as concrete or tangible to see the impacts that you're having as you're making those investments into technology, as you're making those investments into talent, as an example. There is more a more tangible, real feeling to, I can look and I can see for my expenses, how many dollars am I not spending now? I can quantify that. That's really easy. So there's also that natural desire to gravitate towards, I need to do something. And this is a way for me to see the impact of what I'm doing. As you said, Sally, the challenge with that is that you may not be understanding the longer term impact that you're having by stopping right now, by hunkering down in the middle of that road, and you could get hit by multiple cars as a result of that. It just feels in that moment when you pull into the shell and cut some expenses, like, yeah, we did something. I'm actually doing something for safety. And what I'll say here is our message is not saying don't cut expenses. Our message is don't hunker down and only focus on that. Keep your head up and keep looking out in the environment so that you can continue to move forward and invest in those areas that are going to push the organization forward to get to that greener spot where you're now trying to get to be thrivable scenario versus just the survivable scenario. Yeah, right now, I think it would be good to piggybacking on what you just said. It's not about not cutting expenses. It's about how do you allocate resources, time, energy, and money appropriately to optimize your business model and still remain safe and sound. And so the definition of safety and soundness has in the past been, I got to have enough net worth to get through this. And again, the industry has built a net worth over time. And so how are you going to optimize the net worth that you've built to be able to be highly competitive in this environment? So many things going on, but first of all, Brian, why don't you talk a little bit about a process of being deliberate about optimizing net worth and the communication of that with the senior leadership team and the board? Yeah. So first, a couple of keys on what you said there. This is about communication and providing clarity going through a process like this. Also, what's really important, the conversation. Having the conversation helps build that clarity and helps you make decisions so that even if things come along, going back to our hunker down analogy, if a car comes along, if it's a red car, but you were talking about a blue car, you still talked about a car coming along and you can be better prepared to make some decisions. So the process on optimizing the net worth would be go through and list out some of the major risks and opportunities that you want to make sure you have enough net worth for, or said a little differently, that you want to allocate net worth in order to be prepared for that and to move your business model forward. So things like interest rate risk and credit risk, those are risks, making sure that you have your rainy day fund prepared for that makes sense. From there, then you can start to add in those opportunities. How do we continue to invest in the digital channels? 
business intelligence, our culture, our brand, our, our talent. Those are other ways in which you can go through and identify and say, here's how many dollars or here's how many basis points, the ratio of net worth that we want to, in essence, allocate and deploy for these specific risks and opportunities. And again, trying to move that business model forward. You can update this. It gives you visibility on it. You can update it monthly and step back and say, where are we now? What things have changed? Did we get a lot of growth? Did something else happen in the environment where now we want to adjust some of our items in terms of risks and opportunities so that you can be continuing to have the conversation? And if necessary, if you see that the amount of net worth you're allocating towards risks and opportunities is pushing you beyond the comfort level of the remaining strategic net worth that you would have, then you can decide to pull a lever, which might be you slow down on something or you prioritize one particular area over another. So it, it gives you some of those levers and triggers that you can set and have visibility on month over month over month. So the ability for decision makers to have the conversation, see it, is, you know, see the, the different levels of risk, the opportunities, and making sure that there's no one right answer. There's a range here, like on the credit risk piece of it, nobody really knows what's going to happen with credit risk. You have to make some assumptions about that, but then you can also ask yourself, how bad would credit risk have to get before I became really unhappy? Okay, I, I invested in our future in optimizing our business model. I, I know I have this level of interest rate risk. How bad would credit risk really need to get before I became unhappy that I made these investments in our future? And to your point, I want to punctuate it is it's not a one and done. This type of conversation going back, having regular deliberate conversations about how to use your net worth strength during these very, very difficult times can actually help an institution have a competitive advantage if you're having those conversations. Then the other thing too, or there's so many other things, but in looking at the other end of the spectrum of how, okay, no, I really want to move forward. I want to make sure that we are making the best decisions we can make to move our business forward, to be there for our membership, to have the talent and be there for our talent. Well, how do you go about that? We've had the net worth discussion. One of the things we like to suggest, and Brian, I'm going to want you to add to this as well, is go for a rank. Maybe rank it right now. So what's most important? Is it earnings preservation? Is it net worth preservation? Is it moving the business model forward? And so can you add a little bit of color around that? Yeah, so part of doing that helps you prioritize your next steps and decisions. And to Sally's point, it's an ongoing conversation. Also, once you've ranked them, the next question is then why? Why did we rank it the way we ranked it? So that you get clear on the reasoning that everyone in the group has and you can start to understand, okay, here's what's important to this person and this person, and how do we take all of that in light for our next decisions on pushing the business forward? The other thing to do too is once you rank them, understand the pros and cons of each one, right? So it's that deliberateness. And what you're also trying to do is when things happen in the future, as they inevitably will, if you've thought through the whys and the reasoning and the pros and the cons, then you can also look back and say, we knew this was a potential. And that helps with the decision-making continuing to go forward as the road might turn left instead of right. I think what I was going to um, 
punctuate is asking yourselves, what is the risk if we don't move our business model forward? And you already indicated it's easy to see if you don't do something, how much money we're going to save, how much time we're going to save, how much brain power. But as you're going through and you're evaluating your different options and strategies, for optimizing your business model in this type of environment, ask yourself the question in the negative. If I don't do it, or if we don't do it, what's the short-term implication, intermediate-term implication, long-term implication? If we don't do it now, how long would it take us to catch up? And it's so hard to quantify opportunities missed. Yeah. And on that note, it's such an important reminder that timing matters in so many different ways. The opportunity cost of not making a decision. And also on the other side, to your point, Sally, once you've gone through and ranked and you've also done a little more on understanding what is your net worth strength? How do you want to allocate it? That also helps you understand that you don't necessarily have to go into a hunker down mentality too. You don't have to panic or really focus in on today. It can help you feel more comfortable with how much time do you have to make decisions and make those investments once you've had a little more of the conversation and have visibility. That's why all of this is so important because you can overreact. And that overreaction, like the tortoise in the road, can end up being more detrimental. Conversely, you can wait too long. You can actually not even try and cross the road, which may not be a good thing either. You can wait too long. So the timing does matter. So you want to understand on both sides, what's the risk in that and what's the opportunity in that timing. The other end of the spectrum, we already kind of moved to the other end of the spectrum. When we're talking with clients, other clients that get on the phone and say, I think a lot of businesses, banks, credit unions are going to pull back in this environment, pull back, hunger down. And so these CEOs and leadership teams, they're raring to go as far as moving their business forward, optimizing their business model. And so asking those series of questions and going through the deliberate process, especially getting on the same page with the net worth strength, how you're going to optimize net worth, what do you need from an earnings perspective, recognizing that you're getting deposit growth that you don't necessarily need or want at this point in time, but unless you're willing to make tough strategic decisions to drive a certain portion of that away, then allocate a certain part of the net worth to that and have that in the mindset as well. Yeah, Sally, great questions. On this end of the spectrum, here's a couple of other questions or filters you might think of as you're trying to move your business model forward. As we said, it is an allocation of resources and how are you going to deploy that? So as you're thinking about the decisions on how to move the business forward, here's a really simple question when it comes to the expenses, which will create resources for the things that you want to move forward. If you have to cut expenses, what are expenses that you would be glad three years from now that you actually cut them today? It's such a simple question because almost every credit union that we talk to when we ask that question can list at least three to four to five things. That may not sound as strategic, but what that does, if you want to push your business model forward, you just created more resources. You stopped doing some things, time, money, human capital. You stopped doing some things that those three things can now be allocated to how to move your business forward. The other things then would be, what are the expenses and the resource allocations that are going to move your business forward, that are going to help continue to promote your brand 
that are going to build your talent and culture and that are going to also these are not in order of importance but also help you with revenue generation part of moving yeah, the yeah. business forward is thinking yeah okay so i'm not going to hunker down again recognize i may have to make some expense decisions and in all likelihood i will well as i make them these are the things that i want to be focused on so those are the four filters my brand my business model my culture and talent and how to continue to invest in the things that are going to generate revenue, which are also the things that are going to contribute to building those deeper member relationships, continuing to connect and bring them in. So those are some of the other ideas and conversations and questions on the other end of the spectrum. Yes, and I want to add to the revenue piece of it, the CEOs and leadership teams that are raring to go to take advantage of this opportunity, yet they want to do it in a prudent fashion, starting to think now about how assessing credit risk can look going forward and opportunities for new types of lending to meet the consumer needs as a result of the environment in which we are living and taking the time to think creatively about those things which ties right into how are you going to generate more revenue how are you going to generate revenue in a digital and mobile world so we want to thank you for your time today. We realize that we have discussed many things and these conversations with CEOs, senior leaderships and boards, they're not linear. They're thought provoking and sometimes they can be uncomfortable. They're tough conversations. But even in talking to credit unions where they're thinking, oh my gosh, do I need to go into hunker down mode? Ask yourself if you're having those kinds of discussions, could the, the decisions that you're making cause you to go out of business, you know, slowly go out of business? And in all the conversations we're having, no one has said yet, yes, I want to go out of business. No one has said yet, I don't think I can figure out how to navigate and be better on the other side of this. It's more along the lines of what paths do you want to take, and to Brian's point, the timing of some of the decisions that are being made? We realize this is very complex, and please feel free to call us if you want to have a follow-up discussion for your specific institution. We are happy to do that, and thanks again for your time. Thank you.